Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. Uh, we just finished up with 0083, and now we are moving on towards Zeta. Um, but before we do that, uh, we're going to bring something slightly different to you. Um, and this time it's just me, Skankin' Monkey. Um, I am going to over the next two or three or four episodes, um, give a brief summary of Char's deleted affair. Um, it's a manga that came out and, uh, it bridges the gap between, um, really, uh, the original series and Zeta. Um, it starts off at the end of the battle of Bawaku and it ends, um, at the beginning episode of Zeta, um, when, Char and Camille um, notice each other through a new type flash. Um, these are this is an optional series. I'm just going to do it over the next um, few weeks, and they'll probably release it one once a week, um, and it'll be a little bit different. Um, so if you enjoy it, feel free to listen. If not, just skip these. I'll label them as bonus episodes, um, and I'm just going to try to give a summary. Um, the other guys won't be here uh, because. Honestly, the 0083 Rebellion manga with the show um, kind of wore us all out. But then I started reading Char's Deleted Affair, and I got hooked. So if you want a quick summary of Char's Deleted Affair, here you go. You can listen to this next two or three minutes and um, get get a very high-level summary of what happens. And then you can skip the rest of the episodes if you don't care. If you do care, you want a little bit of... Um, juicy information on like what actually happens, what fills in the gaps w- uh, between um, Haman Khan and um, and Char. Then feel free to to listen on and give us feedback if you like it. If you hate it, um, let me know and I'll not publish them. All right. So um, essentially, this this whole manga is uh, how many how many volumes? Like I'm gonna say twelve, thirteen, or fourteen volumes. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Um, but it's four arcs. So there's there's the first arc is really um, the introduction of Shar to um, Axis meeting Maharaja Karn, um, and from there, kind of getting set up and introducing the factions on uh, on Axis. So really, there's two factions on Axis. There's the kind of pro-war camp, which is just trying, itching, biting at the um, chomp to get back into battle with uh, the the Federation and and um, regain independence for space noids. So basically they want another one year war as soon as possible. And then, uh, and, and that is led by, um, uh, Captain Enzo. Um, and there's a bunch of people in there in that faction. Um, and that actually comprises towards the end of the series, most of the troops. Um, and then the second faction is the one that, uh, Maharaja Karn, and uh, Shar belonged to, which is kind of like the more moderate faction. I think they call themselves the moderates at one po- some point. They do, of course, want space noid independence, but they don't think they have the resources or the ability to win a war. Um, and they think there's other ways they, they can get it uh, without, you know, basically wasting so much life as, as what happened in the one-year war. Um, and this first arc, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of intrigue between those two um groups and then the second arc picks up after the federation fleet has surrendered um they have them captive on axis at this point and is the story of this group um trying to escape 
and then being attacked and ultimately um, destroyed for the most part by Shar and everybody on Axis. And again, more political intrigue between the uh, moderates and the pro-war factions. And um, with the aftermath of this, them kind of setting up uh, Shar and Haman to head over to side three in the former Xeon colonies. Basically try to get Shar out of the way and um, allow them to do what they want to do on Axis while he's gone. Third arc is um, Shar and uh, Haman Khan being sent to um, side three in the former Xeon colonies and um, kind of learning about different things that are going on in Axis. And this is kind of probably the longest arc out of all of them. Um, and it's just, again, you, you learn more about like different characters and their motivations. And then the final arc is the civil war in Axis between the uh, moderates and the war faction um, and how that kind of plays out and essentially how um, Haman Khan comes to power in Axis and it kind of sets the stage for Zeta. Um, so that's a kind of a summary of all four arcs. Um, it's very, it's a very interesting read. Um, it's a very, at times, a weird manga because there's lots of um, creepy shots of uh, Haman Karn in in the nude and shower scenes with other women. And um, when she starts, this manga is fourteen, or she's fourteen in the manga. I think by the time it's done, she's like. 16 so um it's a lot of um somewhat skeevy stuff it's not super pervy but it's enough to um every time you think of their age just kind of like shudder um and by the way char is 22 when the manga starts so there's that so with that i am going to kind of start off with a summary and and give you guys a summary of what goes on in this manga and uh let's go from there so after the Battle of Abawaku, Char believes that uh, Lala has saved him uh, from a GM that was chasing down stragglers, and he believes his life has no meaning. Um, but he gets a flash from Lala, essentially telling him to usher in an era where fighting and hate do not exist. So, of course, he lives to do this now. Um, and we get to see that Makuve is still alive. He uh, has more lives and deaths than any other character in the series, I'm convinced. And I'm sure Scotty will appreciate this a lot. Um, Makuve uh, takes uh, Maneva and Zinazabi and um, protects them. And uh, Char meets up with them and he is going to escort them. Um, he happens to be he he happens upon his own personal mobile suit, um, which was finished minutes after he launched in the Gelgoog, or I'm sorry, minutes after he launched in the Zeong on, on a Bawaku. So he has his own personal customized um, Gelgoog now. Um, so we see a cool little fight scene where the Gelgoog is being attacked, um, and but it's malfunctioning. But Char is able to take a GM's hand uh, and like essentially make it stab itself to death. It's a really cool fight scene um, where Char takes the upper hand and just, like, rips this this GM apart. Um, and we learn that the 
the Guazine and the Kumasai were with Mineva and Xena when Makuve and Shara were originally headed to Granada. Um, but after Axis signs the treaty, they basically had to say nope and head uh, to Axis, which was kind of uh, the last Xeon base that was out in the middle of nowhere at this time. Um, it was... Uh, it's we learned that it's located between Mars and Jupiter when during the one year war. Um, and it was originally meant to be a transportation hub for helium, which is, I guess, uh, the fuel for a lot of the ships and mobile suits. Uh, well, maybe not mobile suits, but the ships. Um, so we see that, you know, Shar gets to access and we learned that Shar and Kar Maharaja Karn, who is the admiral, kind of the leader of Axis at this point, was uh, they seem to be agreed on how to move forward with the Federation for now. So basically, they don't want to force a war, um, and they don't want to support the Zeon remnants that are fighting. uh, But they they don't really have like a clear aim right now. They're just kind of surviving as it is. It is. and we get to see a new mobile armor that was developed. So we get to see the Zero GR, which was, uh, co- we learned that it was commissioned by Dozel for Shar. But after Garma died, um, Dozel hated Shar essentially and didn't give it to him. But uh, Axis finished it anyways, and so now we have the Zero GR. Uh, we meet uh, Teen Hamankarn, uh, who is a pigtail. And she pilots a white Rickdom. Um, at this point, she is 14, and Char is around 22. Um, she is a huge Char fangirl, and we also learn that she is an ace pilot in training. And um, these early episodes, she looks a lot like Asuka from, or Asuka, Asuka from uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's weird, especially when she's in her pilot suit. You're like, wait a second. (laughs) Um, So Char gets to pilot the Zero GR and is really badass. But at the same time, he notices that there is what he thinks is a battleship out in space. Um, And yeah, so he sees that they head back. um, And the whole time, Haman is like hitting on him pretty hard. It's kind of awkward. Um, but, you know, of course, Lala shows up, um, she doesn't show up very much after this, but this is kind of like her last, and she's like, she tells Shara, you know, you can accept Haman's feelings, but, especially because Lala doesn't have a body right now, there's, like, this weird conversation, she doesn't have a body right now, so is she gonna get one later, and then uh, he can't accept Haman's feelings, and she's barely a teenager, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, so... After this, we find out that Xena dies because she was very sick the entire time, um, and, but she passed away and um, Haman is taking a shower when she dies and she kind of has like a new type flash uh, and like just she knows that Xena has died um, and she runs to Shar's room while she's in a bathrobe um, and just kind of like falls all over him and she's later in mortified and embarrassed by this but it, it again it's it's weird when you put the the numbers and together with their ages um so we see that the federation has they believe that they must eliminate any remaining zeon forces that 
as, as they're a threat right now, right? Um, at this point, the Titans haven't been uh, formed yet. Um, but so they're doing things to try to mop up these Xeon remnants. Um, we meet another character who is very important to this plot. Um, it is Lieutenant uh, Junior Grade Natalie. Um, and there is instantly a lot of connection between Natalie and Char. Um, and you think pretty early on that, wow, these guys are going to hook up. Um, and then we get to learn a little bit more about Haman. Uh, Haman has been suspected to be a new type since she was seven. Um, we learned that she was able to control her powers at least somewhat, uh, since she was 10. And, um, Natalie worries that Haman is going to have a mental breakdown since, she, since Haman can't fully control her powers. So she's like a perfectionist. She's a, you know, a, a mo- up and coming mobile suit pilot. Um, but you know, new types have these weird mental issues and she is a, uh, young teenager. So, uh, Natalie's really worried about her. Um, we then move to this bar scene where these guys are talking, this guy's talking shit about like the, uh, the Xeon forces and how they're losers and all this stuff. Um, and we see this huge bar fight, um, break out. And, um, Shara gets to meet some people at this bar when, who are in this bar fight. Um, their names are Andy and Ricardo. And, um, as we go on later in this manga and in the next show, they will become, um, Apoli and Roberto and Zeta and towards the end of this manga. So, um, Andy and Ricardo are Apoli and Roberto, same initials and, but different names. Um, and you will probably hear me screw this up multiple times throughout Zeta now that I've read this. Um, <laughs> I, I know we've actually recorded the first episode of the um, the Zeta show, and I messed up uh, Roberto probably half a dozen times. I apologize. Um, so we meet uh, Captain Enzo, who is the leader of this more aggressive um, faction of Axis. And he wants to instill Mineva as the heir to Xeon. So basically put put a crown on her head. Um, keep in mind, she is only about one years old at this point. Um, so essentially they, they're saying, we got to put somebody in charge. We've got to um, have kind of a uh, leader or figurehead for, for Xeon, or this is all just going to fall apart. Um, Karn is not, Maharaja Karn is not fully on board with this um because she's so young but he eventually agrees because he doesn't have a better idea essentially um but during this process or after this process um maharaja karn sends uh a lieutenant hines who is kind of like his second command or something along those lines a right-hand man he sends him out to go to this s field area near axis um where char saw thought he saw a battleship um so he goes out and he sees about 20 ships and you know they're talking to him over the radio Shar and Karnar and they're like uh, if you go out any further we're going to lose contact with you and then of course he is taken prisoner um so uh it looks when we we find out oh, he's taken prisoner these are all um Zeon remnants um, that are part of this aggressive faction. 
um, and they ostensibly have some connection to Enzo, but we don't fully know that connection yet. Um, but they take him, uh, they take Heinz prisoner. Um, we also learn that Car uh, that Karn believes Shar is Castfall, and he essentially wants Shar to come out as Castfall and lead uh, the Zeon remnants. But that's not happening yet for a long time. Um, we also see that there's a Federation fleet that is heading towards Axis. And it has uh, limited supplies, but it believes that, um, you know, it'll just take out Axis and then they'll have enough supplies to return home. Um, so it's basically a one-way trip. They got to win. And if they win, then they can get home. Um, they also have had their systems on the ships just obliterated by uh an access spy um again most likely with the uh enzo faction so the rogue Zeon fleet attacks the this federation fleet the ones that were had that kidnapped Hines and that were hiding in the s field um and they force them into battle so that they'll have to attack axis as well um because they were originally just going to basically force Zeon, the Axis to surrender, but uh, and, and by fighting was going to be kind of like a backup. Uh, but now they have to fight because there is a battle going on out in space between tw- 20 Zeon ships and a small um, uh, Federation fleet. Um, Maharaja Khan was waffling on whether to fight or not, but um, at Maneva's ceremony, or Maneva's uh, coronation ceremony, um, Haman Karn got up and gave a rallying speech, basically telling everybody to get off their asses and defend Axis. So it kind of forced uh, uh, Admiral Karn's hand. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, Haman launches in a Schnee Weiss, which we learn is a Saikamu-equipped Rickdom. So it's, imagine a regular Rickdom with, like, this massive, like, box on the back of it. Um, and it's, that that's the Saikamu device, is this massive thing that just makes it super immobile. Um, but then the it also has bits. So the bit system for this Schnee Weiss is um, kind of like this, separate launched thing so if you if you've ever seen gundam age you know you see when they launch like these add-ons for the age system um it's like that it just like it's like a little platform that controls the bits that's separate from the the whole mobile suit um and i think it has like something like eight bits on it um so this is like super early bit technology uh saikamu stuff for a mobile suit um Shar is delayed in launching in this battle um, due to the size of the Zero GR, so he's going to launch in this this um, mobile armor. Um, but essentially, like everybody gets in front of him, he's like got to wait in line. So he's like, uh, "Well, uh, tick tock." Um, and we also learned that the Zero GR has a limited eye field time um, since it's not been perfected yet. Um, Char is very adamant that he doesn't want to go out and obliterate the the Federation because he doesn't want another war. He doesn't want to instigate another war. He wants to negotiate a peace. So he's going out there to fight, but not to, you know, start a war. Um, So Haman's using bits. It's not perfected. She's got issues. 
but she's doing okay. She's kind of being told to hang back and fight, but you know, she's a little kid. She's not going to do that. Um, the Axis forces were not prepared prepared to fight these new GM commands, um, which had been they they've been adapted for space. So they're very similar to the original GM commands, but they're ver- they're upgraded space mobility versions. Um, and we learned that the Axis has already lost thirty percent of their forces, even though they were expected to have outnumbered these Federation um, soldiers, these Federation GMs by a large number. Um, Shar believes that these, uh, GMs have been loaded with Amaro's pilot data, um, and it makes them fight at a very high level. Uh, and again, this is something that we talk about in the first episode of the Zeta, um, episode where it's kind of like, this is why they dealt with, or they allowed Amaro to pilot the Gundams for so long as they were getting all this juicy, uh, battle data that could be put into the mobile suits. Um, so the Axis forces are forced to retreat to Axis um, after they lose almost 40% of their troops. Um, Shar is still looking out her, for Herman, who belie- who basically bolted for the Federation flagship. So keep in mind, she's in this Sneevice, which is a super immobile uh, Rick Dom because it has this huge Saikamu device on it. Um, and she's just like, no, nope, I'm going to go. I'm going to take my bits and just like try to, you know coup de gras this federation ship um but yeah so char is looking out in space for her space is a huge place and he's got to use his new type powers um the federation decides to move forward on axis um and they know that they're winning they're no- they know that they're pressing um axis's forces very well um and the rebel axis fleet is moving in on the federation fleet essentially for a suicide mission they're they're going to ram the 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 fleet and blow them up and um Heinz uh, the guy that was kidnapped is released by uh, an old student of his that there's a little bit of stuff we saw earlier on but basically one of his old students lets him go and he's able to get out of the suiciding vessels um Haman loses all of her bits and is forced to eject the Saikamu system um, so she can be more maneuverable, but she's never done this before, so it ends up screwing up her movement system, and she takes a ton of damage. Um, Shar is finally able to catch up to Haman and grab her just in time, um, and he's able to deflect a particle beam cannon um, shot using his eye field um he's able to kind of blast through their fire and get right in the federation ship's face um but his eye field is is smoked at this time so he's he's basically standing like face to face with this uh this federation ship and his eye field is done they don't know that but they have this giant mobile armor sitting right in front of them um char forces the federation forces to surrender by threatening to blow up the command ship and make them think that Axis um, uh, had anticipated this this their plan the whole time. Um, he's basically is like, yeah, we we're like two steps ahead of you this whole time. We you know we could just throw these these forces away. Who needs them? Um, one Federation ship refuses to surrender and escapes. Um, and but. They leave it alone, thinking that it will run out of resources and everybody on it will die. 
Um, so Shara is able to return to Axis with uh, Haman, but she gets back and is essentially unconscious at this point. Um, Enzo is so pumped about this and, you know, he's like, oh, I can now use Shar and Haman as my, as my pawns because now they're, they're like big heroes. They force the whole fleet to surrender. Um, people are having all these rallies for Haman and, um, yeah, Shar basically says he's, he's, Shar is aware of Enzo's betrayal. Um, because he essentially orchestrated this whole attack. And, um, you know, Shar is going to try to cover for Haman. But Maharaja Karn is going to not do anything. He's basically like, I, you know, I can I can change people's minds and prevent war. We, we're going to have independence through principle, not through force. Um, and that kind of ends this first arc of the show so like or the manga so we've met all the characters we've learned the factions are there we've had this initial you know betrayal by enzo which is going to happen again and again and again and karn basically being very passive and not getting anything done which again and again and again is going to lead to people dying on his side and them getting screwed over so that is kind of like the conflict for this whole series um and uh yeah that's it we'll pick up uh in the next episode with the with the next arc we're gonna um learn more about these factions and um we're gonna go to we'll be in 0082 when we start this um and yeah that's it so i hope you enjoyed it if you hated it let me know as always Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at NewTypeFlashPod or on our Reddit post on the Mobile Suit Gundam subreddit. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Bye.